Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to the John Nasheed Show, focusing on issues of concern, a new mind development project. This is your host, John Nasheed. Peace be upon you all. And we thank you for being with us this evening. And, you know, as we uh, progress along during this month that, you know, is called the uh, Black History or African American History Month, I like to call it African Americans in American History. Uh, we are talking about uh, psychological effects, actually, as affecting America uh, as a result of brutality and the victim of brutality. You know, we brought out some things that pretty certain that was necessary and essential. You know, sometimes we don't like to hear the truth. You know, we can deal with, uh, you know, stories as we see them or design it to be. But when we really get down to the nitty-gritty, we don't like to deal with truth. So truth is, a, is something that's very, very valuable in this day and time because this day and time that we're living in now is the day of God. And this is quite nasty. It has to be dealt with in truth and reality, casting truth and falsehood until we knock out the brain of falsehood. And this week we're going to talk about something very important too, a message that Imam Morathi Muhammad gave us uh, some time ago and talking about a message of concern. But before, before we go there, I'd like to just mention a verse that was pretty much consistent during this four segments or three segments fourth being today and it's the Holy Quran in Surah 49 verse 13 O mankind we created you from a single pair of a male and a female and made you into nations and tribes that you may know each other not that you may despise each other very very important because first of all we have to go back to the beginning how did god make us he made us you know as a single pair as a male and a female and he made us into nations and tribes but he made us for the purpose of getting to know each other all over the planet earth and not despise one another but if you look at the world today you know this absolutely means nothing to people who don't have time when you know the end of the world is coming and hear wars and rumors of wars, but the world today is the world that man made with his hands. This is not God's world. Well, God gave man an opportunity to prove something. Man was so arrogant, so he said, okay, so be it. So they set out to create a world that was contrary to the world that God originally made. So this is where we're trying to get back to, and quite naturally, we have a lot of problems. And, and the Quran also teaches us that never will God change the condition of a people until the people first change what is troubling their own soul. So that's a responsibility on us. It's not that God is going to come down from uh, heaven or the sky or wherever we see it, and he's going to change everything for us. No, he gave us the tools to change these things uh, with our own hands and uh, like God. Quite nasty, God is the best knower. In America, I believe it is the unresolved problem of racism that is troubling the soul of America, the psychological effects 
or slavery. Uh, the, the master class is suffering guilt. When truth starts to be revealed, guilt from unresolved brutality of the past. You have to deal with these things. And the former slave is suffering fear from the brutality and constant feeling of inequality. These things have a psychological effect on us. We, we're all human. You know, we can't get away from it. You know, we, this is why we have so much drugs and alcohol in our community because we're trying to get away from it. Satan, quite nasty, being master of drugs and alcohol and all of these addictive things. A human being, a human being can't hide behind these things forever because eventually God is going to make it manifest, going to make truth manifest. It's manifested in the self-accusing spirit in every one of us as human beings is going to rise up. It's going to, you're going to accuse your own self of things, sins that you committed murder and rape and all the rest of these uh, kinds of crimes that would tear the very soul of that individual down. And uh, God is the creator of all things. <clears throat> and then we ask the question, why does racism still exist in America 2015? That's today, 2015. Why does racism still exist in America? You know, we try to make like it don't exist, but the reality of it is all around us. Uh, and just like the fellow said, a uh, singer who received the award uh, for the uh, movie, so, uh, what was it? Uh, well, Martin Luther King movie that was just recently, he made mention that, you know, a lot of changes. One said a lot of changes took place, and the other one said that we still are feeling the effects of because we have more people in prison than we had slaves. And when we look around and measure these things as a result of what we see as a reality in our society, not much changed because God created every human being to be free. And quite uh, nasty God knows that. So what is the solution to the problem? You know, I know we can say a lot of things, accuse people, but we should have a solution. And we do have a solution. And uh, you know, Imam Awardee Muhammad, he has a, a message of concern. It was written in our newspaper, the Muslim Journal, and uh, online. I'm pretty certain you could find it. But it's a message, and we're going to read it today, and hopefully we consider it. It said, out of respect for man's creator, the creator of man, his Lord, Rabdil Alameen, out of respect for our creator, says the message that is of great concern to people of the world today, Christians, Jews, Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, etc., all human beings. The Caucasian, white Caucasian image attempting to portray divine. Portray the divine, Caucasian image, image of divine. That's before in the churches, etc., in the minds and the hearts and the spirit of people as a savior for mankind, the whole of mankind. And quite nicely, that became a problem because it made some of God's creation feel as if it was superior. But God didn't say he made any of his creation to be superior. 
He said he made them into nations and tribes that you may know each other, not despise each other. That's very, very important because that indoctrination had taken hold for so long, and now we have received the psychological effects because the time period for that is over. Imam Wadi Muhammad addressed this problem back in the 70s. The committee, committee was to remove all racial image, images that were attempting to portray divine. That was a committee. Actually, it was an active committee, but people went out, passed out flyers, and Imam Warranty Muhammad, you know, humble as he is, he didn't want to offend Christians and other folks. He wanted to establish the concept. And then once he established it in a very short period of time, he said, we're not going to go that way anymore. And then he issued another message, which he called the message of concern, a message of concern. And the message of concern was a, a message that should be ingrained in everybody's thinking, everybody's uh, heart should be ingrained in the heart. So we will never forget what did. What he did was he reversed psychology from white to black by asking from 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 white to black by asking three questions, and uh, we know in the nation of Islam, the uh, Ambalaj Muhammad, prior to the leadership of Imam Mahdi Muhammad, he, he established an image also, and that image was. A uh, black image of God, also a God that represented that same picture of Master Farad Muhammad. Master Farad Muhammad was in the same light as Jesus was established as a savior. And this savior that the Ambalaj Muhammad was trying to bring about was what Imam Warthi Muhammad was addressing. Not only was he addressing the black God, and I say God with a with a little g, black God, but he's also addressing the white God. And see, when we take on these things and try to make a God out of the God, then we have created a very, very serious problem. And let's see the wisdom of Imam Wadi Muhammad and how, and this will, believe me, it would eradicate racism. It would eradicate one individual thinking that he has power over another people. Uh, it would eradicate uh, that kind of uh, uh, superiority and inferiority right here in these United States of America. Matter of fact, the United States of America would be a very, very beautiful place to live because we would be fulfilling what God's desire for us to fulfill, to know each other. And America has a great opportunity because Everybody on the planet Earth, from every nation, every tribe on the planet Earth, you'll find them right here in America. Actually, you'll find them in pretty much New York. And quite uh, nasty, God knows both best. So the, the medicine man, the doctor, he came up with a message of concern. He says, in God's name, the merciful benefactor, merciful redeemer, out of respect for man's creator. Because we can't produce something that we call God that is beneath God. So out of respect for our creator. So we have to put it back in the form. Three questions that he asked. 
And the first was, what would happen who would sit in churches throughout the world for centuries with the image of an African-American man as a savior of the world before them? Next question, what would this do to the mind of the world's children? What would happen to the world's children put under a figure of a particular race presented pitiful and in pain, the savior of all men and savior, one who saves them? Actually, this is the Dixie Webster's New World Dictionary. The definition for savior there is one who saves. And then next to that, it says the savior, Jesus Christ. So that idea is ingrained. Now, would it have been different if that Savior was of all colors, black, white, red, brown, all the colors of human beings? No, it still wouldn't be all right because God is not a color. God is indivisible, right? God is the creator of all. God knows us, but we don't know God in his totality. We can't see him. We can't put him in a container. So these things are, are working against the very growth of human life on this planet Earth. So when Imam Marthi Muhammad came up, uh, excuse me, when he was addressing the mission of his father, the Abulaz Muhammad, where he created a God called Fard Muhammad, and he said that all black people are gods. He said that the white man, the black man is God, and the white man is the devil. So he says he was attacking that. He said not only was he attacking the white idea, he was attacking the black idea. He said, what would happen to the people who would sit in churches throughout the world for centuries with an image of an African-American man as a savior of the world before them? What was he talking about? He was talking about the work of his father, because his father had planned that. But his father also planned it to reverse the psychology. Later on, he did. I recall him in a meeting that we had. He said, there's a Caucasian man up there on this podium with me. If he treats you with respect, treat him with respect. And we never heard that language coming from the Abulajah Muhammad. But in order to pick the African-American man up from that low position that he was in, he had to tell the African-American that he was above what they had claimed him to be. And he went as far as he can go. He said that you are God, which is wrong. But nonetheless, the history, and that's what we have to deal with. So in the wisdom, in the mind of our leader, Imam Marthi Muhammad, he asked the question, question, what would happen if people would sit in churches throughout the world for centuries with the image of an African-American man as a savior of the world before them? What would this do to the minds of the children, the little children, looking at this nappy-head African-American man? What did it do to us, being African-Americans, looking at a stringy-head Caucasian man before us? It damaged the world. Psychological effects rather that of racism, that's what it did to the people of the world. So if we think that we are operating in a normal way, in the society today, we have been fooled. God said that he made us different, that we may know each other 
not that we may despise one another. So we are we have to be the protectors of the minds of the children. That's our responsibility, and teach them the truth. Actually, if you are a scientist and you studied the mind of 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 a human being, the mind is designed to receive truth. As a matter of fact, if we just presented truth, we wouldn't have all of these ailments that we have. We wouldn't have nervous breakdowns. We wouldn't have all of this dementia and all of these kinds of things because the mind is trying to make sense out of nonsense, and you can't make sense out of nonsense. You can't. There's a conflict going on in our brain. Now, just imagine the children. Look at the state of the children today. They've been fed falsehood for so long. There's a serious problem, and the children are crying out. But they're not just crying out with words and tears. They're crying out with drugs and guns and sex and all the rest of these kinds of things just because some man had an idea that he wanted to dominate the world. This world don't belong to man. This world is a world that belongs to God, and God knows best. What would happen to the world's children put under a figure of a particular race presented pitiful and in pain, sacrifice for the benefit of you, the savior of all men. It would damage, damage the child would be damaged, right? Because what would he do? He would give himself to this Caucasian image who pitifully suffered in pain. This is the story that is told for you. And then how, what kind of effect would that have on an African-American? Well, we know the effect because we have history. That dominant figure, individual under slavery in the most brutalist way. So now we're looking for solutions to the problem. So now today, if that image of an African-American would sit in mosques or in institutions all over the world and feeding the minds of our children and, and our adults, and the child growing up to be an adult, the same thing and the opposite will take place. And this is why we have to fight against these things. We have to fight against this dominance where individuals are fighting to dominate the world for religion, for race, for power, for whatever. God created the world and he created it for every human being to share. Get your share of the material world, each and every one of us. And those of us who have more knowledge, then we should be responsible to make certain that the ones who don't have the knowledge, or who are not as strong as we are, that they have a share of what God has blessed. That's our responsibility to make sure. And how do we do that? We do it by speaking the truth. And then in this message of concern, Imam Barakim Muhammad also said in the Quran, Surah 3, 64, he said, say, O people of the book, meaning the Jews, Christians, actually us too, we are of the same book. He said, come to common terms as between us and you, that we worship none but God, that we associate no partners with him, that we erect not from among ourselves lords and patrons other than God. If then they turn back, say, we, uh, you bear witness that we 
at least are Muslims bowing to to God's will. It's very clear. He said civilized nations should want that their religion be also civilized. You know, civil civilized man uh, is a is a, a civilized nation or civilized people. You know, they should act they are civilized. But an individual who would make themselves God, obviously, is not a civilized person. That's an individual who's a materialist, whose whole desire or whole design is to gain from the material world. But what about the spiritual? What about the spiritual side of things? And then he also mentions false worship is the worst form of oppression. We are not gods. We are only men, mortals, from the mortals. He, Allah, created. And then it says, Quran. And it says, this is the masjid or Islamic center in your area. So we are not gods. We, we are who we are. We are what God created us. And he mentioned also that false worship is the worst form of oppression. Now, if we can see that and see in the Middle East where these organizations, uh, these, these religious so-called Muslim, religious uh, so-called religion of Islam uh, is taking place in the Middle East, declaring themselves to be whatever they declare themselves, uh, and doing it in the name of religion and in the name of God, wouldn't that be first false worship? False worship is the worst form of oppression, and we call them oppressors. But here, right in the United States, the ones who are calling the people oppressors, we are oppressing the people with that image, that Caucasian image attempting to portray the divine. That's false worship. False worship is the worst form of oppression. So what is being said here is that the whole United States of America, the whole Europe, everywhere who accepts that idea of a a Caucasian image as God is oppressed because he's not free to be what God wants him to be. He's locked into a man, and that individual or that society is an oppressed society. So these are the psychological effects that are affecting America today. And believe me, once we submitted our will to do God's will, we'll see changes, we'll see opportunities for all. And quite nicely, God says. So don't be fearful. We have to speak out. If we believe in God, we have to speak out even louder. See, the only success that you're going to have and the only success is going to come from God whether you believe that or not, no man can give you deserve but God. So put our trust in God and God alone. And lastly here, we have uh, Savior's Day. You know, there's a time when we back in the nation of Islam, in the Ahmadiyya Muhammad, we had a national convention every February 26th, and uh, we would go and have what was called Savior's Day. And that day was uh, recognizing uh, Farad, Master Farad Muhammad, uh, who came in the person of God. And we would go there for that reason. 
And, uh, you know, out of the wisdom of Imam Warwick, he went coming again. You know, when he became a leader of our community, he had to deal with that quite naturally. And Imam Warwick Muhammad is a very wise man. He know the effect of a person claiming to go and to a convention to recognize a savior, you know, like, like you're going there to recognize God. So he came up with an, another idea because he never accepted that. Matter of fact, his father had dismissed him from the community on a few occasions because he refused to accept Barad Muhammad as his savior. And then he said that Daddy uh, uh, Farad Muhammad is your is is uh, he see him as his savior because Farad Muhammad saved him from the life that he was living when he brought him to the temple in the old days. He said he see him more as his savior. But he Imam Muhammad uh, also had to save his day at that same time, this weekend coming up. And he's recognizing, not the savior for as God is concerned, but he's recognizing those people in our history, all the way back in slavery, who saved the day for us. This is what he's speaking about. He's talking about it in a plural, not a single individual, but a plural. Many of Frederick Douglass, and, uh, uh, Matt Turner, uh, Harriet Tubman and all of those people who, who kept it real, who tried their best for freedom and justice and equality here in America. Many of them, so many of them, so many of them we can't even name. But he's recognizing that, coming together for a big general meeting, having different programs and uh, talking about the history of slavery and how our people uh, fought so desperately to overcome Slavery, Savior's Day, saving the day for us today. And we see many of our people, our influential people, have become very successful in America. And do they remember the saviors? The saviors who saved the day. We're not talking about God. We're talking about people from among our slave tradition who saved the day for, for you to be on television, for you to be on radio, for you. You to send your children to big colleges and uh, uh, private schools and things of that nature for you to be in business. But how many of our people have been experiencing that in these great United States of America? Not many. You know, we like to call them, or they are called tokens. I remember when I was a kid, they always had a token something. You know? And I'm not taking away from from many of these sports people. I don't like to mention names, but baseball players, the first, they call them the first, first one in the U.N., the first that they to sing, and the first that blah, blah, blah. These were their tokens. How many, how many, how many became so big and how many became so famous? Not many. Not back in my time. But when they saw the dollar that could be made, then quite nicely, they went to the source. So the Savior's Day of Imam Warathi Muhammad and the Savior's Day that Minister Farrakhan is having is, I hope he's, I hope he's seeing it the way that we see it. But if he's still seeing it in the way that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad presented it to us in the, in the, his mission, then quite nasty they're seeing it wrong. Because Master Farad Muhammad is not worthy of being called Savior. Only Allah is our Savior, and there's no God but God does his own thing. He's a bard 
man, the creator of man's mind, and he charts the course for man. And he puts it in his scripture called the Holy Quran, and he made Prophet Muhammad his messenger and the prophet for mankind. And prophet Muhammad is a model of excellence for all human life. Not only just us who call ourselves Muslims, but all human life to emulate. Pattern our life after the life of Prophet Muhammad. And if you are a Christian and don't want to go that far, 